am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 164 in which my mojo went missing. And I'm recording this on Sunday, September 7th, 2014. This is actually take four. Um, I have, I know it's been about a month <laughs> since I posted my last episode. I have actually recorded three different episodes in that time. Not a single one of them saw the light of day. Um, because I just don't have that much going on right now, and I'll, I'll talk about that very briefly, because it's, you know, really not all that interesting. <laughs> so every time I record an episode and then I go to listen back to it, I'm like, I'm bored. I'm not going to make, you know, inflict this on the general public. So I'm going to keep this one kind of short. I just wanted to um, get an episode posted I think mostly because I really am trying to get my mojo back at this point. And sometimes to do that, you just have to start, you know, kind of fake it till you make it. You got to do it. Um, and then things start kind of rolling. So anyway, I'm going to start with a few announcements. And then I'll say just a little bit about what I've got going on. But again, because I don't have much going on, <laughs> I'm not going to be talking too much about it. Uh, the first announcement is, again, the Band Books Week Challenge is coming up September 21st. Uh, you have seen, hopefully, both Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom Podcast and myself posted about it back at the beginning of August with, um, there's not really rules, but there's a time frame, there's some suggestions, you know, kind of what we're looking for out of the Band Books Week Challenge, that kind of thing. Uh, you do still have, oh, about two weeks, I think, and it's meant to be a small project, so you could easily get something done in that two weeks. So if you haven't already seen it, go back to either one of our blogs. Again, that's Tanisha of Crafty Garden Mom Podcast, or myself. We posted right within a day of each other, and again, it was way back at the beginning of August. So you will find our posts. Tanisha has since posted at least once, if not a couple times, with some inspiration and some other ideas and things to kind of get you thinking, get you motivated. Um... I've done squat, but I have been thinking about my own uh, challenge, and in fact, I'm hoping to get working on it um, pretty much as soon as I'm done recording this. Band Books Week itself is September 21st and following that, that whole week, and so that's the time frame of the actual challenge. Anytime during that week, you can post your picture of your completed challenge to our Flickr group, and then Tanisha and I will both be drawing winners um, from the Flickr group and we'll have prizes and all that kind of good stuff. So that's coming right up. The other announcement, or the second of the three announcements I have, is that the end of September will also mark the 2014 Quilty Resolutions third quarter check-in. Um, technically, we are in, we're already kind of in the fourth quarter, I think, um, but I try to give you a little bit of time because, you know, especially because I haven't been talking to you. Uh, so if you have participated in my 2014 Quilty Resolutions, again, you just post and let us know how you're doing on achieving the goals that you set for yourself this year, and um, you can, you'll be entered into a drawing for a giveaway. If you did not participate in my Quilty Resolutions, you can still play along. Uh, any goals that you set for yourself quilty-wise this year, 
um, just check in. Let us know how you're doing. Tell us what the goals were, you know, where you stand at this point, and we'll do that check-in. Um, the fourth quilty resolution check-in, of course, would normally be at the end of December. I am going to have to figure out the timing on that because I'm gone the entire month, of, well, most of the month of December. Actually, yeah, just about three weeks. So it's going to be a little tricky for me to get anything posted and up ahead of time. So we might have to extend that a little bit into January. We'll see. Um, I'll, I'll let you know what, what my thinking is on that one when we get closer to that. But for now, it is the third quarter uh, check-in. So again, I will have a blog post about a giveaway and that kind of thing. Normally, I would be doing it right around the same time as that Band Books Week challenge, but since we've got that challenge going on, I'm going to wait until that's over and I'll do it the following week. So be watching, you know, the very, very last of September. And I think September 29th is actually a Monday, so, you know, might be that whole week that bleeds a little bit into October. So that's that announcement. The third announcement is, if you follow my blog, you already know this, we have officially announced the next Scrapitude Mystery Quilt by the lovely Charlotte. Uh, we are posting the cutting instructions this week on Tuesday, I believe. That's our guild meeting night. That's when the guild gets them. And then the actual sewing of the steps begins in January, and you get a new one every month. And I think she's got about five and the only reason I don't know that for sure, I've, I've been testing it this summer, I've been doing it, but she changed up in the middle, kind of how she combined a couple of steps that originally she gave me as two separate steps. So I think we ended up at five. Um, so it'll go through about May. And again, you get those clues once a month. So it's a very, very easily doable uh, mystery quilt. And um, this, Charlotte's designs are beautiful. So there's, that is being announced, and you can um, go to my blog. I've already got a little bit of information about it on my blog uh, that I posted yesterday. Now, here's a little bit of a change since I posted that yesterday and had some conversations with folks on Twitter. Uh, Charlotte emailed me. She was out of town this weekend visiting her son, and her son is helping her set up her own website, to which I say a big woohoo. I've been talking with Charlotte about this pretty much ever since her last one. Um, especially now that she does want to sell patterns, you know, we've been saying you, you really need to have an online presence. You've got to do your own blog or do your own site or whatever so that people can get to know you personally as a designer. And so she's working on that this weekend and, in fact, may actually have her website up and running in time to post those cutting instructions on Tuesday. If that's the case, then everything's going to be on her blog. And I will make sure I post her link and all that kind of thing on mine. So you're not going to miss it. You know, don't get in a panic. I will make sure you have the information you need to access her blog from my blog. If she can't get it done in time, then I will go ahead and post the cutting instructions on my blog because then that buys Charlotte some time. Because again, the next step does not actually get posted until January. Uh, you know, that's not the ideal because then you've got cutting instructions on one blog and, and everything else on the other blog. And then I'm having to figure out, you know, I've got to copy and paste stuff to send it to her or whatever. So it's all in her blog. We're really hoping she can be up and running in time to just do the cutting instructions on her own blog. Um, if you did see my blog on Saturday, it, the blog post I posted about Scrapitude, you'll notice I put a form in there to send questions to Charlotte. I did all that prior to knowing she was going to have her website up and running this quickly. The problem is I travel a lot this fall. And like I just said, I'm gone the entire month of December. And so 
I needed to figure out a way where people could communicate directly to Charlotte without having to wait for me to see an email and then forward it on and then get Charlotte's response and forward it back. Um, you know, that's tricky when I'm home, <laughs> let alone when I'm actually on the road. And of course, the month of uh, December when I'm in Burma, I won't necessarily have any access to email at all. So I had set up a Google spreadsheet that the form goes right into and Charlotte can access the sheet. So that's what we're going to do if she does not get her actual um, blog set up. But if she does get her blog set up, of course, then you can just leave your questions on her blog itself. So again, I will give you all of that information when it all happens. Um, do root for Charlotte getting her own blog because that would be a very exciting step for her in her journey as a um, hopefully a professional designer, um, scrap quilt designer. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she and her son come up with. And I, I hope it does happen in time for the cutting instructions because that'll just simplify everything. So it'll be wonderful. I'm very excited for Charlotte. She is thrilled um, that there's been such a great response to her uh, scrap quilt designs. And already, you know, as soon as my blog post went up on Saturday, people are like, I'm in, I'm going to do it this year. Oh, I missed out last year. I want to make sure I do it this year. So there's already a lot of excitement being generated. Um, if you want to look at, if you're not familiar with Scrapitude, if you're a, a kind of a new listener or new blog follower, on my blog post on Saturday, I did post the link to the Flickr group that we did last year for everybody's Scrapitude results. So you can see the design from last year. Um, of course, this year's design is different. Um, I can't say any more to you about that, even though I know what it is. Uh, but anyway, the other piece of that is that the instructions for the original Scrapitude from last year have now been pulled off of my blog. I took them down entirely because she is hoping to write that up as a, a pattern that she can sell. Um, I believe I had given you a warning back way back at the beginning of the summer that I was going to do that. And then I didn't get around to it until last week because of my summer just completely got away from me. But I have pulled all the instructions off. You will see, of course, my posts with my own progress and my, my completion where I'm just posting pictures. But I did not keep any of this, the instructions posts on the blog. Um, so that's all where we stand now with Scrapitude. The new one is about to get rolling. I hope everybody will join in because it is a lot of fun. It's very doable, um, and this one she has designed to a smaller size. She is still debating whether she will give instructions for other sizes as well, um, but it can get kind of complicated, so she hasn't made a, a final call on that one. Um, the actual size, of the finished size of the quilt is on my blog post. I don't remember it offhand, but it is, it's like a, a lap quilt size. It's you know larger than a baby quilt, but it's not a twin size. It's that kind of in-between size. Um, and that was actually part of the reason I didn't get a lot of other quilting done was because I was her pattern tester. Um, originally, we didn't know she was going to have her blog up and ready in time to do this scrapitude. So I was going to be posting everything on my blog and, and wanted to actually work ahead this time, <laughs> as opposed to last time when I was even behind a lot of you, um, that I wanted to be able to take pictures of my, you know, my progress and everything so that I could do really good blog posts for it this year. Um, so unfortunately, even though I was kind of working away at that as I had time over the summer, I couldn't talk about it and I couldn't post any pictures of it. So it really, that was part of the reason I didn't even podcast because I was like, I can't talk about anything I'm doing. Um, so anyway, uh, now I didn't actually get it done. I was planning on really trying to plow through it this weekend to at least get it to a certain stage where I would be able to do the last couple of posts. 
But then she told me, by the way, I think I'm going to have my own blog ready. I'm like, boy, does that take the pressure off me having to get it done <laughs> right now. So I'm kind of waiting to see where she ends up being at with her blog. But I think I'm probably going to end up just stopping where I am, putting it away, and then picking it back up again when y'all are working on it. Because then I can actually start <laughs> posting pictures of my progress because it's been killing me. Uh, so anyway, that's the whole deal with Scrapitude. Sandy update, there isn't much. And this is where I kept, you know, I kept recording this podcast and then getting to the end of it and saying, okay, I, I talked about quilting for like five minutes and then 30 of nothing. So I'm going to try to get through the nothing stuff a lot faster um, and really try to focus on what little fabric I have actually touched this summer. Um, this summer was a rough summer for me for a lot of reasons. Nothing tragic, nothing permanent. Just a, a lot of really kind of um, busy, busy, overwhelming kinds of times. And that ended up meaning all of July, I just didn't have time. I was too busy. I had too much going on to do much. And then August, when I was home, I just crashed, completely crashed. I didn't really get sick or anything. I just did not care. <laughs> I did not want to do anything. And I didn't care that I didn't want to do anything. Um it's, you know, that's where I'm saying my mojo went missing. I just, I got home, I finished one project, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and I was kind of poking away at Scrapitude. But even that, you know, I went a couple of weeks without touching my sewing machine, standing at my cutty table, anything. And there were a lot of times I even thought, okay, well, I don't really feel up to sewing right now, but I could go down and do something in my dye studio. I uh, don't even feel like doing that. Just no inspiration whatsoever. I finally figured out the first week or so I figured I'm just tired, you know, I'm in recovery, that's fine, you know, I give myself, I'm used to that. And then it dragged into the second week, I'm like, okay, well, this must be because I'm still, it's still really intense at work, I've got a ton going on, a ton of deadlines. Um, even though I wasn't traveling, I was just exhausted at the end of every workday. So I kind of thought, well, maybe that's it. And, you know, <laughs> for the, I've been in this job now 13 some odd years. I'm always at the point of saying, okay, well, I'm really busy right now, but as soon as I get this done, it'll get easier. It'll get easier. And you never quite reach that supposed easier part. Um, part of that's my own fault because I, my, my husband calls me a responsibility junkie. I do tend to, when things open up in my life, I tend to say, oh, well, that means I have time to do X and start doing something else. Uh, and I do the same thing in my work life. But in any case, um, that's, you know, that's kind of how I explained it to myself for a while. And I decided, well, I'll just, you know, kind of give it another week or so. And then the next week, um, work was still fairly intense. But then I started really trying to get back to the gym, get back to taking a lot of long walks and really build up my steps and get healthy again. And so then I got into the, by the time I got done with work and I'm exhausted from work, and then I go to the gym or I take an hour and a half walk on the canal and I get home, I take a shower, and I get dinner and sit on the couch, I'm done. <laughs> like, no way am I going to go up in my sewing room. No way am I going to go down the dine studio. I'm exhausted. So really, August was just kind of a lost month. I did finally figure out part of the block, though, was particularly with the dye studio, was what I really had to do in my dye studio. I was so completely uninterested in doing it was the dang purple scarves. <laughs> You've heard me talking about them since, what, last January? I've been working on dyeing these scarves that are going to be as a gift for 
people that had attend one of our work events. And actually that work event is in about two weeks, I think now. And so, you know, we're starting to get down to the wire where I really have to get them done. And I had just been putting it off because I love the color purple. I love dyeing scarves. I had to dye 70 of these stinking things or close to, you know, I'm, I'm done. And this is, if nothing else, this has taught me there is no way I can have a Nazi shop. There's just no way because I get too bored doing the same thing over and over again. It just, oh, I, I just can't do it. And, you know, to really stock an, an Etsy shop, you kind of have to have an inventory. You kind of have to have stuff that if people say, oh, I love that scarf, they want to order it. You can't say, sorry, there was only one. So, you know, I, I just don't know if at this time in my life, yes, I know I could do the individual unique gifts. I just can't handle an Etsy shop right now because <laughs> as soon as I start feeling obligated to do something, I lose interest. You know, it's all about I've got to have the passion behind doing it. Um, sorry, I'm rambling a bit. In any case, you know, that was what kept is I was like, okay, I know when I go down to my dye studio, first of all, I'm going to have to clean it because I had left dye, you know, that I'd intended to get back to never got back to it. I knew I was going to have to wash out a whole lot of old dye, I was going to have to kind of straighten everything, clean everything. And then I knew there is no way I can dye anything else. I really have to get those scarves done because if I take time to do something else, then I'm just going to be feeling guilty about the fact I didn't get scarves done, et cetera, et cetera. So I finally just decided um, last weekend or whenever it was, yeah, Labor Day weekend, we went up to see my daughter, but then we got home Sunday right around lunchtime. And so I had all of Sunday afternoon and then I had Monday off. Um, for those of us here in the United States, it was Labor Day. Monday was a day off. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to head down, get in the dye studio, get those stupid scarves done. <laughs> Even if I hate every minute of it, I will feel so much better once they're done. And so I actually bought some extra containers because I'm doing the scarves in individual containers. And there's a whole reason. I, yes, I know I could do them in a vat. Can't do them in my washing machine, however. I don't have the right kind of washing machine that allows me to hold water in there <laughs> it just it it wants to drain it's a high efficiency thing and so it's you know tries to be smarter than me which means I can't use it for hand dyeing so anyway I'm doing each of these scarves individually in an individual container for particular reasons um, but I only had enough containers to do 15 at a time and I had 30 of these things to do so actually I just bought enough containers to get me up to 15 so I did half of them in the containers and then I did the other half in Ziploc bags and I hate dying in Ziploc bags because it's just messy. Um, anyway, that's a whole other thing. You don't need to hear about all the hand dyeing woes, but I, the good news is I got them all done. I still have to press them all because um, I like to have them nice and neatly folded when I hand them off as a gift rather than just hand them a wrinkled wad <laughs> saying, hey, here, isn't it pretty? Um, <laughs> I need to really press it. And besides, for me, pressing is when I actually see what the design ended up looking like. Yes, they're all purple, but they're modeled. So each one has just a little bit of a unique thing, which is why I did them each individually. Um, so I still have this whole wadded up mess of purple scarves in my sewing room that I need to press. And I think I might do that tonight because my husband's not home. He's out with his um, brother. And I think I might just turn on... Um, the quilt show on my computer because I can turn my computer monitor around so I can see it while I'm pressing and I'll I'll just watch a quilt show and press scarves that might be a good thing to get done tonight um like I said the other thing in my sewing room is I really had to work on on scrapitude and I also have some other projects that are kind of in various stages 
but none of them at the moment, none of them really grabbed me for things I wanted to work on. But I finally, it was the same thing. I was like, okay, I need to just sit down and, and move some of this along. And it sort of unblocked my mind. So I hadn't even been thinking really about quilts. I hadn't really been thinking about designing quilts. Every now and then, okay, I've got the Band Books Week Challenge. What might I want to do? Or I've got, I joined up with Sandy's Next Postcard Challenge, um, Postcard Exchange, What Might I Want to Do? But I, I couldn't get myself beyond that, really. But the moment I was sitting at my sewing machine, I'd, I already had all the scarves done and dyed, and they were sitting in my um, my quilt studio waiting to be pressed. And then I'm sitting at my machine making good progress on Scrappitude. It was like, you know, unstopping a drain. Suddenly, I'm thinking again. I'm sitting at my sewing machine. My stash sits to my right. I've got open shelves with my stash. It sits to my right when I'm at the sewing machine. I found myself chain piecing, kind of glancing up every now and then at my stash and immediately started the quilt design, started heading into my brain. And it was, it was really just, I needed to kind of overcome those barriers to, <laughs> to what had been making me at all interested. Plus by now it had been four weeks, I guess, since July. And I, I just, I had relaxed, I had regrouped, I was exercising again, things are kind of getting back into a routine. Um, it just, it, that felt a lot better. So I am in a much better place now than I was even just a few days ago, so that feels good. Um, my big new thing in August was learning how to make pasta, and I talked about this on my blog as well, um, that I, my for my birthday, I did a cooking class with a lot of family members, um, down at the New York Wine and Culinary Institute, which is in the Finger Lakes. Wonderful place. If you want to go take a weekend away, uh, you're in the Finger Lakes. It, you, there's beautiful B&Bs in the area. You can take a cooking class, go on a wine tour. It's a nice weekend, let me just say. But anyway, uh, we did the cooking class, and in it, I asked the chef if he could teach me how to make pasta, and he did. It's a, a pretty simple process in its essence, and then, of course, you can get it, you can complex it up as much as you want. Um, but I just fell in love with it. And so when I got home, I immediately ordered the artisan pasta cookbook. My mother-in-law had told me that she had already, she wanted to give me money for my birthday for a spa day, but she said, no, I, I want you to use it for a pasta machine now because they all got to eat the pasta I had made. And she was really impressed. And, um, then my husband, you know, so that night I was on my iPad kind of scoping out various pasta machines and things. And my husband's like, no, you can't buy one. And I said, I know you don't like pasta. He goes, no you can't buy a pasta machine. I said, well, I know you don't like pasta, but I won't make you eat it. He goes, no, you can't buy a pasta machine. And then he just looks at me significantly and he says, don't ask me any questions. Like, oh, okay, apparently he's buying me a pasta machine for my birthday. And and this is not self-serving for him because he really does not like pasta that much. He'll eat it, but it's not his favorite by any means. Although he has told me that, it, you know, when I make homemade pasta, he will eat it. I, I don't know that it's going to make him fall in love with it because it's not that much different. I do think it's better than regular pasta, but for somebody who doesn't like pasta in the first place, it's not going to be enough of a difference to turn him into a pasta lover. Um, so anyway, I now have the pasta machine. I've got a drying rack, although I'm I'm not necessarily drying stuff that way now. I'm, I'm doing the where you kind of make your noodles into a nest on parchment and let it dry that way. Um, it's just easier to store. <laughs> And he also got me a ravioli mold maker thing, but I honestly think I tried it um, last weekend because I also made pasta last weekend while I was dyeing scarves and sewing. It was a very creative weekend in all. 
Uh, I love making ravioli. That's my favorite thing to make because you get to mess around with, you know, what flavor is the pasta dough? What flavor is going to be in the filling? What sauce are you going to put it all? It's just this wonderful, creative, experimental playground <laughs> is what ravioli is. So I, I generally have been making a lot of ravioli. Today I made more pasta. I just made myself noodles, um, partly because I didn't want to spend a whole afternoon doing it although it still came close, but I just wanted to have a, a good stock of homemade noodles in, in my cupboard. Um, so today was pretty simple, but I bought three different kinds of flour and I'm, I'm using each one, you know, different kinds so that I can get a sense for how they all work. Um, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed that. So I also did the Craftsy class on artisan pasta. And I am going to be posting a review of that as soon as I sit down at my computer and really write it out. Um, loved that class. It's a great class as well. So that's my kind of new thing has been making pasta. Um, meanwhile, I broke my tooth again. You may recall if you've been listening to my episode, my podcast at least since last, the beginning of the summer. Um, my tooth broke on the 4th of July weekend. And then... He repaired it that weekend, my dentist, and then it broke again the night before I was supposed to drive to Wisconsin for my work event. So he came in on his day off and squeezed me in that morning and did a second repair. And at that point, he said he had kind of expected the first one not to hold because he said often first ones don't hold. Um, but he was hoping for better on the second one. And each time he, he kind of said to me, okay, well, you could do a crown now, but a lot of times I'll do this repair and it'll last for years. And I'm like, okay, if I can put off having to get serious dental work done, yes, let's just do the repair. So he did the second repair then when I went to, um, like I said, the day I went to Wisconsin. So of course I'm driving the first half of the first day's trip with this completely numb jaw and I'm trying to drink my morning coffee without scalding my tongue because I can't feel a thing or dripping it all down the front of me. That was an adventure for that first uh, few hours. But then, you know, once the Novocaine wore off and stuff, I didn't have much pain at all. The first time I had a lot of pain, but he had that, that was a much more complex procedure because the broken tooth was still in it. Anyway, not to get into gory details. So a um, couple days ago, Thursday this week, it broke again. That second repair broke. So at this point, I didn't even go into the dentist. I just called the dentist office and he said, yeah, okay, I think at this point you got to look into um, having a crown. But he said, I want you to go to an endodontist first to see if you need a root canal. And I'm like, oh, crud. You know, I'm here. I think I talked about this on whatever episode I did post this summer in August. Um, I'm a fairly stoic person when it comes to a lot of physical kinds of issues and procedures and that kind of thing. When it comes to anything involving my mouth, I turn into a complete wuss. And I, it's partly because I have TMJ, so I can't open my mouth very wide without it really starting to ache. And um, I have a very strong gag reflex. So, I mean, even taking dental x-rays kills me. <laughs> it's always, they always have to kind of take it in, take it out, take it in, take it out, because I'm just, I really struggle with that. Um, so anyway, you know, the idea of getting a root canal, I'm like, can I be unconscious? Well, no. So anyway, I went in to see the endodontist, um, I had that appointment, just a consultation on Friday morning, and it's really up to me. I didn't actually expose a nerve. Um, th there's no abscess now that they have to fix, but as they've said, if they put the crown on and later I develop a problem a few months from now, now they're having to drill through the crown and it's a much more complex procedure and it's going to take a lot longer and 
probably be more of a pain because then you've also got to get a filling in the crown that you just put in. <laughs> so it's this whole nine yards. And I'm like, you know what? I really just want to be done with this tooth. I'm so, so frustrated with this thing that it's, you know, I've been going on like this all summer. So I am going to have the root canal done, but I haven't scheduled it yet. I wanted to take the weekend to really think through what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. So I'm going to call tomorrow morning and actually schedule it. Meanwhile, I have half a molar missing <laughs> in the back of my mouth. And it's it's very cold sensitive, very cold sensitive. It doesn't hurt at all because, again, it didn't expose a nerve, but it's very sensitive to cold. So I can't chew on it and I can't eat anything cold. So I've really... <laughs> It's made it's made me look at food very differently. And it meant actually this afternoon my husband went out with his family to go watch the football game at a local bar and grill kind of place. I didn't want to go with him because I'm like, you know what? Eating and drinking are just not fun for me right now. I have to go very slow. Um, my husband and I went out to an art festival yesterday and when we did decide to go out to dinner and we chose a place where I could order fish because I knew fish I can just mush, you know, that's a gummable food. I don't need to chew it. But it takes me so long to make sure I'm chewing properly and that, it, you know, when I'm drinking, that I'm sipping a little bit. It's just a long, drawn-out process, and I'm not enjoying it because I'm worried so much about what's going on in my mouth. So today I was like, I, you know, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> it just, it's not enjoyable for me. I don't want a lot of people asking me a lot of questions. Let me just stay home. Um, so I have, I did decide today... You know, I've eaten a lot of smoothies. I've been doing a lot of scrambled eggs. I've been doing a lot of tuna fish. And I got some groceries today and I decided, okay, I'm getting bored. And I don't know how long. Because even, I don't know that I'm going to be able to schedule the root canal like the next day. It's probably going to be a few more days before I can get in. And then it's probably going to be a few days after that root canal before it really starts feeling like I can eat normally again. And then I'm still going to have to get the crown later. So I think I'm going to be going for a little while <laughs> without really being able to eat normally. So I bought myself some polenta. I'm going to make myself some polenta cakes. I bought some sweet potatoes that I can just nuke and eat those straight up. And I made myself homemade soup tonight with, um, I took some, I have a chicken sausage that I love. It's chicken and fire, sun-dried tomatoes and basil, I think is what is in the chicken sausage. And I took it out of its casing and just uh, cooked it up crumbled size. So it's small enough that I don't have to chew it that much. And then I made homemade noodles and made a Parmesan broth, which is out of the um, Crafty Soup class that I took and reviewed on my blog some time ago now. I think that one got reviewed back at the beginning of the summer. And uh, threw some diced tomatoes in there and some fresh basil. It was quite tasty, if I do say so myself. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting more creative with how I can eat without a tooth. <laughs> and that's working pretty well. So that's kind of where I'm at with that stuff. Um, so quilting-wise... The other than working on Scrappitude and other than um, hand dyeing all these dang scarves, the only other thing I've really gotten done this summer was my project for my thread art class on Craftsy. And I did post a blog about it with a fair number of pictures. I didn't post my all of my process pictures because I, and I had taken a lot of pictures. I intended to do that. And then I thought, no, because then that means some people might just skip taking the class and just go by my blog. And I really, I'm very careful about trying not to do that. So um, I don't go into a lot of detail on the blog, nor will I talk about a lot of detail here. What I will say, myself and another of the Twilters, who had both take uh, bought the same class, we both had the same wrong impression of what it was going to be when we bought it. It's called Thread Art, and so you think it's going to be about thread painting. Um, 
and it's it's actually not and i i don't know you know normally i do watch the little introductory videos and stuff to see, they always have you know kind of your teaser video and normally i watch those quite carefully before i buy a class and i guess i must just not have watched it because for some reason it really surprised me that this wasn't about thread painting and it was about colored pencils <laughs> but once i got my head away from what i thought it was supposed to be and having to change gear and just let myself enjoy it for what it was i had a lot of fun with that class i really did i don't know that it's something i would do a lot of i don't foresee myself having a whole lot of you know colored quilts in my house but it's a good technique to know and mostly i was really proud of myself because <laughs> i did a much better job than I thought I was going to. I When I started out, when I finally settled on what picture I was going to use, and I used one of my own pictures of a flower that I had taken when I was in Hawaii, um, I thought it was just going to be a hot mess because I did not trust that I was going to be able to get all of the um, shading correct to make it look like it actually had the ruffled petals that it does and all of that kind of thing. And it actually turned out pretty darn good. <laughs> I was like, you know, patting myself on the back. Ooh, looky what I can do. Um, I freehand drew the leaves that go around the flower because when I did, when I finished tracing the flower, I realized, okay, there's way too much white space. I really need to fill in more. And so I freehand drew some leaves around that. And I'm pleased with the way those turned out. I had to go back in and fix some stuff later, but it, it all turned out beautifully. I had a brilliant idea, if I do say so myself, about the border. And I'm, again, I'm not going to take the time to talk about it now because I did talk about it in that blog post, which was first or maybe second week of August, probably about when I posted that one. Um, but I'm really pleased with the way it turned out. The only thing I'm not happy with is my echo quilting. And I have echo quilted a couple of times before, um, but generally kind of smoother curves so I actually could use my walking foot you know I just kind of kept I went slow and I just kind of kept turning it and I got those lines pretty even this one I had to use my free motion quilt foot because it was a very uneven edge I was going around and a walking foot would have just driven me nuts so I went with my free motion foot and I was going very very slowly and I was going I was using the edge of the foot to you know guide to use my lines and keep my lines it was not working those lines are so wonked um, I don't know that anybody else would necessarily notice it from a galloping horse, <laughs> but if that horse is at a trot or a walk, you're going to see it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, this is not something I'm ever going to put in a show. I, it's, I'm actually very pleased with, it. I'm not beating myself up at all about the echo quilting. I'm just putting that as a, you know, okay, note to self, have to learn how to do that better. Um, the other thing I need to learn how to do better is when your echo lines actually bump up against each other from different shapes. Um, I spent a lot of time on the internet looking at how other people did that. Um, and I'm still not entirely sure how you plan that out at a time. I've just, that's something I would have to do a lot more of to really learn how to do it well. Um, so I ended up choosing not to do it in such a way that I'd have lines bump up. I basically had two very clear delineations between okay this section of the quilt's going this way this section's going this other way and they don't bump up against each other um so anyway that's again it, the reason i'm saying it's not going in a show is just because i know what the problems are with it i don't really need to hear other people point out and as we all know when you put it in a show oh well her echo lines aren't very straight are they you know i don't need to hear that that's that's i don't need to be in a show 
Um, I have other things I would rather put in shows when it comes to that, but I'm also, as you know, not necessarily all big on putting stuff in shows. I've done it once now, I think, maybe twice. Um, but anyway, with this one, you know, it'll it'll be on a wall in my house somewhere, I guess. Um, I'm just, I'm. it is so much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be a hot mess. So anything better than a hot mess, I'm, I'm happy with that. That was good. Uh, but I did have a lot of fun doing the coloring, and it just, it, it brought me back to mind of when I was in college, actually, and I think I probably talked about this in the blog. When I was in college, my stress relief, that was definitely pre-sewing, I hated sewing um, when I was a kid, that I would color geometric design coloring books. Dover, I think, had these great geometric design coloring books. I think you can still get some. Um, and when I was feeling stressed out with papers due or reading I had to get done or exams or whatever, I would just sit and color. And it was kind of a very meditative thing for me. So, and yes, my mother used to look at me and say, you know, it's a slippery slope from that to quilting, which at the time I'd say, no, 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 you know, I'm never going to quilt. Well, yeah, mom knew best. Uh, but in any case, for me doing this um, project just brought that back, how much I loved coloring and in this case, I didn't have any lines to follow. I was doing it myself, and I really enjoyed that. And it really was very zen <laughs> at its best. Um, so in that regard, I, I just loved doing this. I could see myself doing something like that. Again, I don't see myself doing a lot, but it's a good technique to know to use alongside with other techniques. So that was a lot of fun um, to do that class. And, and as my one and only real finish this summer, <laughs> that, that felt great. Um, so anyway, my scarves are done now. Uh, Scraptude's at a point where I'm probably going to set it aside for a while and then come back to it when y'all are playing along. Uh, so I am going to be starting to work on my band books project um, this week, and it's already in my head, so it's just a matter of executing. And of course, as I've been thinking about it, you know, actually I've been thinking about it since last spring because... I think we're in the habit now that we always know we're going to be doing the, the banned books project. So I start thinking, okay, what am I going to do this year? Um, and it started out just reading the book because the last two times we've done it, I've used a book I had already read. Um, this time I went to the banned and challenge lists and chose a book that I had never read before and then read it. And it's interesting doing it that way because while I'm reading, I'm kind of thinking quilts. I'm thinking, all right, what images, what, what, what's coming to mind as I'm reading that's going to come out in quilt form. And I, I knew immediately what it was. When I finished the book, I had one image in my head. I knew immediately what it was going to be. And my first thoughts about it were really pretty simple. Um, now, as the months have worn on and that same image has been in my head, the image is the same. The same, the basic outline of what it's going to be is the same. It's just gotten a little more complex <laughs> in how I'm going to execute it. So it'll be fun to try but again I have no idea if it might not turn into a hot mess <laughs> so I'm just looking forward to getting in and, and just playing um, and that's what I've decided I really want to do the rest of this year I have some projects I need to finish quilting uh, gifts for other people but other than that I just want to play I just want to do stuff where I'm experimenting and having fun um, partly because I'm not going to have a whole lot of time for quilting so I need to keep things small and kind of fast to finish off or at least fast to finish bits of it that will then be able to be set aside and easily brought back in later so I don't know the rest of my fallen into you know the new year it'll be interesting to see 
kind of what happens, <laughs> what comes out of it. Meanwhile, I have been working on my craftsy class, Designing Modern Quilts with Weeks Ringle. I'm about halfway through. Um, I've actually owned this class for a long time now. I don't know when it first came out. I bought it shortly after it first came out. I think I've had it at least a year. And I had watched it about halfway through when I first bought it. Um, but I realized I wasn't really absorbing because I just kind of had it on while I was sewing or doing other things. So I wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, and I couldn't really remember after, you know, each lesson kind of what, what did she talk about there? So this time I'm going back through and I'm making myself watch and take video notes and such. Um, but what I'm finding, it's a design class. It is not a project class. It is exactly, it's designing modern quilts. Um, so it's all design principles. And what I'm finding is actually, I've learned a lot in the last year because, um, or however long I've owned this, because when I first watched it, I remember thinking a lot of it kind of felt new. Now I'm like, oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I know that one. Oh yeah, I remember doing that one too. So I haven't yet. She has, again, it's not a project class, but she has what she calls exploration. So they're things you do out of each class to kind of experiment with whatever that technique is. I haven't actually done one yet because none of them have touched on anything I feel any need to work on at this point. So I'm still just watching the lessons and absorbing what she's saying, but I haven't actually done any of the, the explorations yet. But I'm just now moving into the parts of it where she may start getting into more stuff that's either less familiar to me or um, maybe she'll just be looking at it in a different way or, um, you know, whatever, that I might actually get to a point where I'm doing. There is one exploration she's already been through that I do think I want to do just because I think it would be fun. But if I do that, that'll end up on the blog. Um, I will say, don't take the title. <laughs> um, there is nothing in there right now. And again, I'm I'm through lesson seven I think out of 11. So I'm a little better. I think it's about 11. I'm a little better than halfway through at this point. Um, even though it's called designing modern quilts, there is absolutely nothing in there that couldn't be used in any other quilt style as well. So if you don't consider yourself a modern quilter, don't avoid this class because of it. You will still learn principles for any quilting you do, for art quilting, for traditional quilting, for making baby quilts, you know, whatever. Um, it's not, you know... Yes, all of her quilts that she uses as illustrations are modern quilts. That's what she does. That's what her husband Bill does. That's what they're using. But so far, there has been absolutely nothing in there that is specific to modern quilting that could not also apply across the board everywhere else. Now, again, I'm starting to get into more of the in-depth stuff on composition and things where I'm, I'm thinking that's where we might see some differences between what it means to compose in a modern quilt versus what it means to compose in a traditional quilt. Um, but that doesn't mean you still wouldn't get a whole lot out of it, even if you have no interest whatsoever in ever doing a modern quilt, you will still learn from this class. So I'll say that much. Um, I'm hoping to actually have the class finished sometime this week, um, and then depending on what I decide to do about an exploration or not, um, I will then post a review, you know, my full review of it once I'm done. So that's just been nice to be kind of watching that while I was waiting for my quilt mojo to come back and find me. Um, it did give me the chance to kind of step back and breathe a little bit to be more theoretical rather than based to a deadline. Um, you know, this constant feeling of having to get something done. That's part of what was getting on me with the scarves and everything. So it's nice to be able to just kind of relax and play again. So I think in this episode, I'm not going to do any 
listener feedback because, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I did listener feedback the first time I recorded this episode that never got posted. And then I promptly moved all of the emails that I was responding to back into the general population of my inbox. I usually keep them in a separate folder so I can track what I've responded to and what I haven't. So they were all gone. And then, of course, I never posted that episode. So then when I recorded the second episode, I thought, okay, well, I'll just clip out the audio from that part where I did the listener feedback and I'll just paste it into this one and I'll catch up with everybody later. And then that episode never saw the light of day. And so then the third episode, third recording I did, I decided, well, I'll just do the same thing. And I realized, okay, I'm now responding to comments that are over a month old. (laughs) And it just, it started feeling like, no, I need to just do a fresh slate kind of thing. So here's what I'm going to do. Everybody who has commented since, I don't know, July, (laughs) whenever, whenever I lasted listener feedback, um, thank you so much for all of your comments. I really have been reading them. Obviously, in some cases, I've been reading them two or three times. Um, I've really appreciated them. I've enjoyed them. Some of you I have actually responded back to because we had a little conversation. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm at this point, I just need to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, from here on in, I'm, I'm just moving on. Uh, so I, that does not mean your comments were not appreciated. They really, really, truly were. Um, there are a few folks I haven't heard from in a long time, and I'm hoping you're still out there. So if you're somebody who used to comment and hasn't commented in a while, just, you know, send up a flare. I was just thinking about some of you the other day. I'm not going to name any names here, but, um, there are some folks I'm like, you know, I used to hear from them a lot and gee, I haven't heard from them in a few months. So I hope everything's okay. Uh, so just let me know how you're doing. Meanwhile, um, it is now September 7th. I am home. The next travel I have is September 18th, actually. So next weekend I should be able to do another episode. And by then, hopefully I'll have some more quilty stuff to talk about. Um, I don't currently have any hand dyeing plans. I've got some things I might do as a dyed project. I might also do it as a quilted project. I haven't decided yet on a couple of things I've got that I want to get done. Um, so it, that's just kind of what I've got going on. I'm going to be working on the band books challenge. I'm going to be working on my postcard for the postcard swap. And then I'm going to be finishing up some UFOs and, I've got design study group at the end of this month that I'm two homeworks behind in. So I kind of, again, I have a sense. I might use the postcard for one of those homeworks, but um, I have a sense of what I want to do. It's just a matter of sitting down and getting it done. So the next few weeks, I'm hoping I've broken through the mojo issue. I'm hoping that the, the signs of enthusiasm I've started to feel stirring inside me will grow and blossom and all of those good things. And I will finally kind of be back to normal. Um, that'll feel good. So I guess that is all I will talk about on this episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being patient. Um, thank you for your understanding and your kindness and all those good things that come from quilters that we all rely on. Everybody, we're always talking about how nice quilters are. We all like each other a whole lot. Um, so thank you for listening. And, um, you know how you can get a hold of me. And and from now on, I will be responding to comments again. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, and Flickr, all of those places. I am Sandy Quilts, Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. I am also Sandy Quilts on Craftsy, but you cannot yet search for people on Craftsy. I'm going to keep saying that until they make it happen. You can also like the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group and join it and post your pictures. I hope you do. I love to see them. 
and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us team on Kiva and do good all over the world. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. Thank you.